What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the CodaCast. My name is Brian Bermudez, and I'm the host of the Craft of the Air podcast, the aviation podcast that expands your knowledge in each episode. And guys, I have a very, very special guest this time. As you guys can see, somebody that I've really wanted on the show for a very long time. One of my very good friends, my classmate, my colleague, Moe Saleh. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure. It's a long time wait. Thank you so much, man. I've wanted Moe on the show for a while, and this is a very interesting episode because, as you guys are going to see firsthand, we have we we have almost identical backgrounds in the sense that Moe is an aircraft maintenance professor. He's an aircraft maintenance engineer. He's a veteran. He's been out there working for a company for many years, and we're going to get a very unique insight from Mo. But Mo, I guess, like starting from the beginning, you and I we went to school together. We were classmates, we made it to the end, and there were like hundreds of graduates. We had like four, four or five hundred graduates, and there were three people that had AMPs. It was you, me, and somebody else. What, let me ask you, what was your driving force? How do you get through the whole program in two years? How, well, like, how do you go through it? Like, just walk me through it. Just effort. You know, effort. <laughs> long nights, studying, putting time. You know, yeah. it's, it's, it's a lot of work. But at the end of the day, you see the results, you know, me and you did. Yeah. You know, every day studying and, you know, going through classes, tutoring, and all that stuff. You know, it came a long way, but at the end of the day, it's all about your effort. If you don't put the effort in, you don't put the work in, you won't see the results. Yeah. Right? You've seen it, you know, all the times for orals that we were studying for, through the books and everything, all the flashcards, all the slides. Intense instructors. Oh, that stuff you know we we had a we had a little rough uh, compared to now compared to the guys that have you know it's much much more much easier than it was back then you know back then was brutal yeah but no yeah. it was yeah it, you know and there's a lot of like our our textbooks that that you and i give the students now yeah. for our labs yeah. they were written by by doctors mm-hmm. a lot of people don't understand that. and and we had to take yeah. these doctors and these classes were Starts off with 25 students, and then it was like five people yep. at the end. You remember the first semester? You see those students that, you, you know, your classmates, and then at the end, yes. three semesters later, it's like, what, 15%? Every, everybody was gone. Yeah. No. When you think about that, in our time, we had to put our heads down, and we had to study, and as you said, tutoring. We had to, remember, Mo, we had to copy down everything we saw on the board. Nope. There was no, there was no, no slides. Sh- no slides. No slides, no. No screenshots? Nope. No phones. No. Oh yeah. No. 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 Oh no. no. Remember, you see with a phone, it's a it's a big issue. Sometimes you have like two people walking around the room. Someone in the oh. back. Someone in the front. Yeah. Don't even get your eyes this way now. Oh. Oh no. It's a different <laughs> different different era. Zoom. Yes. You got, you know, people basically learning online. And, you know, it, trust me, it, it's a good thing though. Some some of the stuff they have now, but back in the days it was way different. Yeah. When you think about the way that you've been, you've been a professor for about five years now. You've seen you, and you've taught almost every class in the in the A and P mm-hmm. curriculum yeah. from all these diverse students that you've met, all these classes that you've teach. What do you see the biggest differences that we're seeing with like these kids, as opposed to like when you and I six years ago were in college? is very tech savvy though. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, they are. They are tech savvy. Maybe like. Discipline a little bit in the uh, sense of, you know, I see that, hey, actually. go get these answers from me. And it's like, you know, sometimes they expect it, you know, to get, you know. Entitlement? Yeah, give them the textbook. Here, you're going to use this textbook. 
and then they come back to me 15 minutes later, Mo, I don't know what page you <laughs> You know, like, guys, you guys know how to Fif use a textbook? He's not exact. No, 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 this is not an exaggeration. It's literally like 10, 15 minutes later, and somebody will say, no, it's not in here, or oh, where yeah. do we look? Nope, oh, this is the wrong textbook. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's a good It's the wrong textbook. <laughs> this is like, okay, wait, so walk, we never, I've never spoken about this. Yeah. If you could describe it very briefly, these students that are going to, to you could go to technical school, this is a college, yep. they're getting an associate's and they're, they're getting the, I guess, ability to take the license at the end. Mm -hmm. But explain to somebody that's not familiar with the process how it works to get an A&P license. You and I did it, the kids now that are doing it. How does it work? It's not one test, is no, it? No, it's not. It's multiple tests. You got your RINs, your orals, and practicals. But first off, you need to get those hours, right? You need to get those hours in order to take your RINs, orals, and practicals. And you need to pass those classes, right? And those hours, you know, you're going to have to go through three sections, right? Mm. And once you accumulate those hours, and then you pass those classes, and you pass those screenings, then you're able to get your certificates. After that, you go ahead and you start taking your RINs. Your RINs is multiple choice questions. Right, and then again, there's three parts, your general, your airframe, your power plant. And then usually your RINs are coming from what, prepware now? Right. Or is it, this is a new app, you heard about it? I don't there's know. a Dauntless app. Dauntless, yeah, I heard about I, that. I did hear about that. Yeah, I, don't, I, I usually stick to prepware though. I don't know how. Pre I would usually stick to prepware. I see a lot of questions coming from there. But yeah, it's like a study guide. Yeah, you know, and again, they, FA currently right now, what, they're under construction, kind of. With the yeah, the, what, they are. That's a good point. Yeah, so, you know, the, you'll, you'll, every year you'll expect new questions. You know, that's just how it is. They always generate new questions every year. You know, so change a word here, change a word there. You know, that's a new question, right? You got your RINs, that's your multiple choice, and you got your orals and practicals. Your orals, you know, how me and you are sitting right now. Yeah. You have a DME. Like just like this? Right. Yep. Ask you a new question, and then you have to respond back to it. You have to get those questions right. Usually, every section is four questions, and then yes. three. I actually, the new, I've spoken to some some DME about it today. They're changing it up. How it depends on your. I rates. heard about that. Yeah. Yes, what are they doing? Now, let's say you get a hundred on your written. It's crazy, right? And you you could get two wrong or three wrong, and then you'll pass. And traditionally, and when I mean, you and I took oh, it, and traditionally, different. way different. They actually, what, what was it? Four questions. Four you get questions. one wrong. You get one wrong. Is good. Now, if you get two wrong out of the four, they ask you an additional three. Yes. So they could ask you up to seven questions per section. Yeah. And they changed it. It's it, that's that's gone. Now it's about your written scores, right? I found out literally today before we even. This started. is interesting because it's multiple choice. So they're going by something that's not necessarily. Basically, they're going off your score for your RINs to see how much knowledge you know. So now if you get a lower score, they're going to ask you more questions. Mm -hmm. And now your tolerance for getting questions wrong, I think, I don't know if it's beneficial or not. I don't think it would be. I was just about to ask you that. I, what I do you think know, about I, that? I don't though. know the whole details of the, of the new, if you're now instead of, Actually, nine questions, actually 20 questions or 25 questions. But if it is the way that you said, and I do think it is that way, do you think that's more effective? Or do you think that's kind of giving it a little bit easier? I think, I think it, they want the students to understand the stuff, mm. they, the material. So they want you to understand the material. That's why they, they're setting it up where if you understand your RINs, you're, getting, you're doing good on your RINs. Right. They'll make it easier for your orals, right? 
Is it beneficial? It could be, yes. I think. I think they made it a little bit easier. Because I, I was speaking to a DME today, and, mm. and then we're going over and, yeah, it looks like it, they made it easier than okay. it was before. Yeah. And then your practicals are different too now. Oh, yeah, so go into that. So then the practicals now, now you got through the multiple choice. Yes. You got through the interrogation. Yep, you got question. Now there's something called a practical. What's that? Practical is hands-on, right? Usually, typically, you're doing a task of some sort. And with that task, they may ask you. A oh, you said I didn't know that. Yeah, that, I found that out today. Huh. So now, general, I think it's nine practicals, right? They give you nine practicals per, per general. Okay. You get three practicals out of those, out of those nine wrong. That's not the way it was before. It, no, it was not like that. Because they would tell us to go home if yep. we got one you wrong. You get one practical wrong <laughs> they sent you home. Right? For example, airframe, sheet metal, right? You get sheet metal wrong, you do wrong rivet. You're, yeah. And then you have to wait 30 days unless you get a A&P mechanic to sign you off. Right? Things change. Oh, yeah. It, it's easier. Right? Much easier than what me and you went through. Oh, yeah. Way easier. Do you think that this is, I know we've heard about it, we, there's a huge shortage in aircraft maintenance engineers in the country. Do you think that this is kind of going to fill that gap, or do you think it's still going to take some time? It's still going to take time. Yeah. Yeah. There's, guys, there's a, uh, if you, Ryan probably mentioned it before, big age gap to well with. Yeah, that's true. Either everyone is, you know, in their 20s, 30s, or everyone's in their late 70s, 80s. So that gap, what happens is in this industry now, a lot of those guys are retiring you know, take, you know, and now those guys are retiring, they need to fill those voids. And it's a huge void. Oh, big void. 30 to 80, that's a 50-year gap. You know, it's going to take time to fill those spots. They're still trying to fill those spots, right, especially during COVID. Well, right? yeah. A lot, of, a lot of those guys took those retirement package and they just left, or some of them didn't want to come back at all. Wait, wait, firsthand, you working out there and you work, Moe works at a major airport for a major airline. Have you noticed the work packages or work changing in a sense? Has it been kind of, they're giving you guys more to do per? Um, it's been busy. Yeah. It's, it's been busy. Yeah. Um, they're trying to keep up. So, yeah, there's, there's a lot of work, and that's why, as, a, as we mean you're speaking right now, they need mechanics. You yeah. know, they're just, they're hiring constantly every month. They're looking for people, you know, and... Back then, guys, uh, you need the experience to work at the Oh, yeah, that's a good point. You needed experience. Yes. Now, straight from school, by all means, come in. A main line. Yep. American, JetBlue, United, yeah. uh, Southwest, you know, they're hiring right away. But it's even unheard of that, like, one of the highest paid AMPs, FedEx, UPS, uh, Amazon, Prime Air, there's people coming in as oh, new yeah. mechanics across oh, the yeah, country. Got, obviously, everyone's getting pay raise you know it's all i was gonna say i was gonna ask you about that mo. when i started i was getting twenty thousand an hour oh <laughs> forget it i had to start from it didn't even say the main line on the plane it said a little company that it was operated yeah. by on the plane basically in, you know a little bit more than minimum wage back when we started my u my uniform is the same uniform that like the gas station attendants have but yeah. like the neon oh, no. reflector <laughs> When you look at when you look at aviation in a whole, you, let me ask you this: the guys, the new mechanics that you're seeing coming in now, mm -hmm. do you think they're they're the same quality of mechanics that we've been seeing, like kind of like pre-pandemic, or you say like it's kind of the same, like they're just mechanics learning? Because like some people I hear like they're like they're saying like, oh, these guys don't know anything. These guys that are coming from A and P schools around the country, 
these guys are inexperienced. But then some guys are like, well, we need the help. You know, we'll take what we get. You do see a lack of experience, a lack of, you know, knowledge. Mm. And there's due to pre-pandemic, you know, situations, you know, in the sense of, especially when it comes to school, right? Yeah. If we need the tutoring, get the tutoring. If you're not understanding, ask a question, right? That's the bottom line. A lot of these students, they're not asking. They're just going with the flow, you know? You can't go with the flow. If you don't understand, you have to stop, ask, and figure it out. Because when you go out there in the field, you know, I see it. Some of these new guys, you know, no experience, you know, they get, a little, they get hit hard in the reality, right? Because you're, you're not going to be working on the same thing every day, which, mm. which is a good thing about this job. You don't get bored. Yeah. You never get bored because every day is a new experience. You learn something new, right? You're not, one day I'm working, doing a sheet metal job. The next day I'm maybe doing, working on an auction system, mm -hmm. you know, looking for a leak. You're working on a hydraulic system. You're working on... Uh, working on an engine, you're changing some type of valve, you know, it's something different every single You're working on a craft that has every system known to oh, mankind of course. in of course. one. And these planes are not the same. Yeah. You know, they're not the same. Yes, system wise, but, you know, new technology. Yeah. Like, like a phone, the feds, it takes maybe five to ten years. But still, these phones are very tech savvy. Very, it's a good analogy, yeah, yeah. You know, same exact thing, you know. And yeah, um, where were we going uh, no, that's good. I was what I was gonna ask you about that, Mo, was that you, you every day is a different day, right? Oh yeah. So so speaking about it, so these new students mm -hmm. or these new techs, the mechanics, they come out to the field and then they the knowledge they had previously it, it's weaker, and then you have yeah. to like you know, okay, they're struggling a little bit more than other mechanics previously. You know, guys that had experience a little bit, maybe had six months a year. You know, somebody's you know, regional airlines or, you know, they have an understanding how an airline works. Right. Right. These newer guys from North, from these A&P schools, they, it takes, a lot, takes them long to grasp. Yeah, it seems that way. Yeah, there's a curve. Right? Yeah. They, they, the curve, they, there's a much smaller slope. The slope is not as, you know, as, as someone that has experience to pick it up much more quickly. Right. You w walk us through. I've never asked this before to, to an AMP at least. Walk us through a typical night. You just mentioned every night is different. People don't understand that you're multitasking more than most people will ever have any idea. You may have maintenance control here. You're turning on a fifty-five million dollar jet engine here. You're walk us through. I guess you can't say a typical night, but walk us through an example of some of your nights. Like, what do you come in? You walk to the plane, or you get a, like, how does it work? Uh, usually come in, um, set up, get a look at your toolbox, clean up, maybe if you need to clean up whatever you, last night that you worked on, have your tools ready, um, make sure everything's charged, and such like flashlights. Good headlight. point, yeah. Good yeah, point. always, because you never know what kind of night you're going to get. Those new guys forget those things. Mm -hmm. They won't plug it in, yep. Nope. You got to make sure everything's charged, you're ready to go, and then just uh, get your assigned work. Some days you may get one plane, some days you may get two or three. It depends on the airline, depends on what's running that night, right? What's wrong, the guys remain overnight, right? That's, yeah, good point. Yeah. That's what we do most of these nights, right? It's where heavy work is happening is at nighttime, right? You know, and then after that, you have to figure out what task you have and then start reading, right? Looking at your FIM, looking at your AMM, right? Getting prepared for a job. A lot of these new guys, you know, which is a good thing. They're eager to work, some of them, right? You need to set up for your task, right? You gotta look, really. yep. you gotta look at your AMM, get the parts you need, 
look at tools. You right? lay everything out. You lay everything Get your out. thing here, put your oh, part okay. here, mm-hmm. everything. Do we have mm-hmm. this equipment? Can we do this job? Can we, do I not have this here? Right? A lot of these new guys, they're very eager, which is a, not a bad thing. I have this seal. Right? It's not, you can't just say the job oh, can't no. be done. Not necessarily. It, not necessarily, but you got it. But you see what Mo is saying? Like he said, okay, we don't have the seal. What do we do next? Yes, it's always let's, what's next. Let's solve this. Yes, we have to, in a sense. Not necessarily we have to, but we need to prepare. Okay, we don't have it for the next guy. Can he or she do the job? Right. We need to make sure they have the part needed so we they don't fall in the same pickle that we did, right? Sometimes we're lucky we find a part maybe from another airline and we were able to do the job. Now, what a lot of new guys get into the pickle is that they remove the valve. Oh, yeah. And then, oh, God. Oh, they look at the, the AMM. Okay, installation. Okay, install new packings. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have the packings? No, we don't. Can you re- reuse the old packings? No, you can't. It says discard when it comes to removal. It's an example like that, right? Where, like, you know, you see it from a senior mechanic. A senior mm-hmm. mechanic will pick that off from the top. Oh. From the, from the jump. Right? And, you know, that goes with experience. You know, hopefully the people who are listening to this podcast learn from it and, uh, and take this wisdom. And, yeah, it's just some stuff like that. And then, again, that's just one plane. Now you got two. That's for real, though. Right? That's, that's, some nights, that's how some nights are. Yeah. And some nights you might be on that plane for the whole you know, it's, every, it's like you said, every day is different. Your plane could, could be oh, yeah. scheduled to come in at 11 o'clock, and oh, then it comes in at there's a tropical storm somewhere that mm-hmm. your plane comes in at 3 in the morning. That doesn't mean that Moe doesn't have to take care of the same tasks on that plane. It doesn't matter. What do you think that something was was one of the most important pieces of advice that you've heard, maybe when you were a student coming in or when you've been a mechanic? I I like what you said as far as, like, organizing. Organizing, setting up. Yeah. Reading. Reading is a big thing. Really reading, though. Like, like I feel like students just kind of bypass, but you really – Every word in aviation is like a legal term. Yep. You have to go by the paperwork. And we, as, as a professor, as a, you know, you've seen it. Even as a student, you read the AMM. Yeah. You have to read the AMM. You have to follow it step by step. And that's so true. So true. Even if you skip one step, right? I've seen it out there in the field. People mm-hmm. got hurt. People, you know, mistakes happen, right? Again, and it's have that's one thing that you know stuck with me as a student first thing i tell them go to that computer and we see what we need to you have to yeah. you have to you have to you have to you can't you can't skip that step no, no. you cannot and how do you know that data hasn't changed you could oh. memorize how to change a tire no, you cannot but you don't know what what's changed in that every day these manufacturers boeing airbus Embraer, what they do revision there's always a revision it's so true always a revision that's another thing. The first thing you're supposed to do is go ahead and update the apps. Yeah. Yeah. Like how you update That's the apps another thing. Yep. Same exact thing. This is interesting because yep. a lot of people would never have no idea. Mm-hmm. Nope. Somebody asks you, when they ask you, Mo, what do you do for a living? You tell them, I'm an aircraft mechanic. What's the next question? What part of the plane do you fly? <laughs> <laughs> do you fly the plane? That's usually, some people ask that. Do you fly the plane as well? Do you, what part do you fix? But it's like, no, we fix everything. Yep. We got to fix everything from, from the nose to the tail. What do you think is the most difficult? You, you, a lot of people don't, don't realize that work has to be done at night. Hey, planes have to fly during the day. Nope, so right. as mechanics, we got to work at night. Mm-hmm. 
is 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 that a transition that you've gotten used to after being a veteran mechanic now or are you still kind of getting used to that and you work two jobs you work during the day you work at night you work 80 hour weeks regularly have you kind of gotten used to that yeah you get you get a trend going on obviously like the first year it was usually the hardest year yeah you know especially people working on night you know our bodies tend to be up during the day and going to sleep yeah right it's a transition right some people yeah you know, i'll say roughly a year i, I agree yeah a year and then you get kind of used to it you get a habit going on after that, it's not bad. Uh, I went to go speak to a company not too long ago, and they were asking me about my background, and I told them, similar to what you did, I used to work for Alaska and United and work here, and it's almost as if they didn't believe me. They were like, wait, how do you work in New Jersey and in Queens and work here? And I said, it really, for A&Ps, is really common. Like, most A&Ps have multiple jobs, but they didn't understand that from a outside aviation yeah. perspective. They're like, you go from here to <laughs> to this airport, to that airport. And I'm always like, I work 80 hours every week. It's no problem at this yeah. point. It, it, it becomes second nature, you know? It really does. Yeah, you get used to it. It's like at A&P Life, we have, like, mechanics that sleep in their cars, and then they'll run here, take a shower, go work at this job, and then come here, teach a class, and, and continue on. Yeah. That's good. Uh, this is when you're going to sleep. This is when you sleep, right? You got to go to sleep at this time. Yes, go to sleep at this time. You can't stay up. I don't go out. Yeah, no, you can't. <laughs> you can't. I go out. I, I'm going out to work. You know? Yeah. yeah they do. Who, you could travel the world, make decent money, and still live a good lifestyle. You. How many people can say that a perk of their job is you pick a location? If you have the time, you could travel anywhere oh, in no, the not, world. Not, not many. No. Not many at all. And and it's $5,000 to fly to Europe right now. Oh, if you wanted to, you could just get on a standby flight. Some of these tickets are 15 grand. Oh, yeah. First class. It's outrageous right now. Yeah, and then think about it. You could pay 100 bucks. Yeah. First class seat, you know? If that, that really is unbelievable. Do you get with this... The way that your career is, is, is going right now, is this the way that you foresee it when you and I were sitting right here in, co in class? Or is this like... You never envisioned like working this much and being a professor and. Um, I kind of seen it though. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I did. I, I I knew I was gonna do something good, like you know, not something impactful, mm -hmm. right? Just off the jump, you know. I, I, again, m me and you, we have a drive, we have a passion, we have and we have the effort. The last thing is very important: effort. Mm -hmm. That's true. And then you could see it. Kind of, you could see it from as a human being. You know who's you know could make it. Who's gonna? I make yeah it. yeah. You know what I'm trying to say? Like when I have a class, I could kind of like in the middle. I could kind of tell. You could tell. You could tell who has it. Who has yeah? Who has it in them? Who yeah? But quite few do. It just you know sometimes you gotta get it out of them. You know you, you gotta squeeze it out of them. All right, listen. You could do a lot of great things in this industry. Yeah. And I like told a lot of and I told my students one thing all the time. Five ten years from now. I never, you never know. You might be my boss. It's true. That's true. In this industry. In aviation, mm -hmm. for sure. Your classmate could be your boss. Yes. Five, ten years from now. Or yeah. he, he or she could be interviewing you for a job or a position. It's true. Why you can move up? Again, this industry is changing. There's an age gap, way more. Yeah. Right? We need to meet the demand. Yeah. So these airlines are hiring to try to meet that demand. They're still not meeting that demand. They can't keep up. Right. So at least for the next decade, 
Yeah. It's going to stay like this. That's what a lot of reports say, actually. Yeah, it's going to be a next step. Decade. Same thing like pilots, same thing with mechanics, right? They have to keep that demand. Do you think that, I always ask students this, I ask you this, you, do you think that if we were generally regarded as aircraft maintenance engineers, would our salaries increase or our way of work, I guess to say, like, would, would we be treated better as opposed to, let's say, pilots? Because pilots make four or $500,000 a year now. Yeah. Is that pilots get, like, everyone wants to take a picture with the pilot, and I love the pilot, and the mechanics are like the pirates on the below the plane that well, room Believe it or not, a lot of these mechanics, you know, you know how it is. I'm not going to say I, it. I was about to say <laughs> it. I know say what it, he's going to say. You know, we're very impactful behind the scenes, right? Very impactful. You have to not only know every system, but now you got to know the science. Yes, the science behind it. And how to fix it. The troubleshooting behind it. So... We are probably as much or more knowledgeable than a pilot. I always say this. I'm always, I'm always saying this. Take it from an insider. I mean, it's, it's, you, you have to, and no disrespect to the pilots no, because no. They, they have to, they have a difficult job. They have to be very intelligent. But at the end of the day, you know, mechanics, you have to know every single system. Of course. You got to know, as Moe just said, troubleshooting. I forgot about troubleshooting. Mm -hmm. You got to know how to fix it. Mm -hmm. I mean... Do you agree with aircraft mechanic, or do you think it should be aircraft maintenance engineer? I think it should be engineer. It should be. It should be. Well, in, in Europe, it, you know, they're technically yeah, known yeah. engineers. They're, they're known engineers. They are engineers. Right? In Canada and in and, and South yep. America? Yep. Mo, being a, a professor of aviation maintenance, mm -hmm. what were you naturally a teacher? Like, do you have people in your family that are teachers, or over time have you just kind of become a, a, a instructor and you kind of just made your own material like how do you do it um just go with the flow and you gotta start from scratch i never had any like you know i had role models previously you know other instructors who i took you know it clinging on okay, yeah me this is how I, I like to teach you know and then you take a little bit of this take a little bit of that and then you you know make your own instructor you, you become your own professor yeah right takes time it's not not anyone could teach you, you, you and me know this right it's it's a curveball right you you need to work on your feet in the sense of listen as a professor you don't have the questions for everything or the answers for anything yeah you know that's the bottom line it's just the bottom line you know and you need to have a passion in it that's true as well as you need to be you know disciplined in the sense of patience that's true right? you got to teach it in more than one different way right? that's true very good you know, point. Not everyone understands it in one perspective, right? That's a good point. As a professor, as an instructor, as a teacher, you need to, as a, you need to be able to teach it in different perspectives, right? So everyone can understand on the same level. Yeah. Right. That's just the bottom line. Obviously, some people are quick. That's not no knock on someone that's maybe you know uh, working working at a, or learning at a slower pace. Right. You know, sometimes you get it, sometimes you don't. You just have to learn it from a different perspective. And obviously, I feel like me and you, we're, probably, we're good at that. We're good at teaching in different forms and yeah. ways. Like, you know, some professors don't. And I think we, we can all that, we can attribute a lot of that to those really hard professors oh, that we were talking about. Of course. They really forced us to get into, like, this work ethic where mm -hmm. Moe and I weren't satisfied just knowing the answer. We needed to know 
why that was the answer. And we needed to dig deeper into things. And I think that if it wasn't for some of those professors, maybe we wouldn't have that ability to teach in the they, way that he's been doing. They been. put a good impact on yeah. my teaching skills. If, all honesty. They impacted me in a way it's like, okay, I understand. I know why. And then you want to teach your students the same way. Yes. Right? You just don't want to give them the answer. Yeah. You want to make sure they understand why it's the answer. And that's from them. Right? The impact they did on our, on our lives, on our teaching. Yeah. When, when looking forward, as we look as as we begin to wrap this up, and I'll have Moe on again, but looking forward, Mo, how do you see aviation shaping out? Do you see? A, I know the gap is going to take a while. You said a decade, Boeing saying twenty five years. Do you see our jobs kind of getting more difficult? Do you see maybe the salaries improving in our favor? Like, what do you see aviation maintenance going? Again, it's it's not going to stay the same. It's not going to stay stagnant. Stagnant, right? It's going to go up. Yeah. Always, right? And it's funny with these airlines, it's like a bidding war. It's the same thing like these pilots. Obviously, these pilots are on a different level than us. You know, it's just the bottom line, it's just how it is. We're never going to be pilots. On maybe, actually, that might change. Who knows, right? Maybe they. I heard they're going to fly. You know, unmanned aircraft. You know, you never know. I mean, think about it, Mo. If you're going to not have anybody in the flight deck, you might as well have an A and P instead of a pilot, because he could at least fix the plane. Yep, it's true. Just saying. You're still going to have a pilot. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Some of these airlines are giving you forty, forty dollars now. Yeah. And listen, you don't gotta go commercial. I told that to all my students. There's people who work general aviation who make as that's much, a good point, Mo. As much as we do, and a little bit more than that, right? Same thing with co corporate. Yeah, that's another good point. It doesn't have to be uh, a commercial, though. And for many years, especially when Moe and I were graduating, they said, oh, if you go to GA, you're not going to make any money. Mm -hmm. that's what but say. that's not the case anymore. No, it's not. Listen, it's all about who you know. Yes. Right? It's a small field. Me and you know it's a small field. We all know each other. We all speak to each other. It's all about connections, right? That's the bottom line. Yeah. A lot of these people in general aviation, they have good connections. They grow, and they make wonderful living. That's true, though, about general aviation. And then eventually some of these people go into corporate. Yeah. Corporate's good. You know, they make as much money as we do. Maybe more, some of these people. I think, yeah, some yeah. of them, right? Yep, they do. It's crazy. You see, and and the last thing I was, uh, the last thing I wanted to ask you, Mo, I forgot, there's so many things I wanted to ask Mo, but the last thing I wanted to ask him was something about your job, whether it's professor or aircraft maintenance engineer, yep. something about your job that a lot of people would never know and that you would want them to know. They know everything. Yeah. Same thing as old-timers. These guys have 30, 40 years. I'm they learn from us. And you know what's crazy about being a mechanic? Mm. We learn from each other. Yeah. We go through different experiences. It's a brotherhood. Yeah, it is. It definitely is. I spoke to a mechanic. I'm not making this up. I spoke to a mechanic on, uh, I think it was Monday, yeah. and he's in Delta. He's been there for a while. Yeah. And he was saying, you know what I love about my job is that it keeps you humble because you learn still after this many years, he's still learning. He said, you'll never learn everything about a plane. And that goes into what you were saying before. You, yeah. we're, as professors, we need to teach, yep. but we won't know everything, but we could find that information. We could find it. We could find it. And, you know, you learn something new. Yeah. Like what I said, it, technology is the same thing, how phones are getting updated, you know, there's a newer phone or these newer cars, same thing with these planes. These planes get new technology. I love that analogy. Right. It's so true about the phone yeah, the and phone the updates. Yeah, the car, 
you know, you got Tesla and all that stuff. Same exact thing. Yeah. All right. So, so Mo, the, our time ran out. I just keep asking more questions all oh, day. No, but um, no, I'll come back again. yeah, and I really want to appreciate. I really appreciate you oh, being no, on the this show. Is, this is fun. We're this gonna keep fun. doing this. Oh no, definitely. Guys, thanks for watching, and please leave comments, subscribe. Leave comments for Mo. We got a professional. You got the inside look on this episode of the Codecast, Mo. Thanks, bro. Thanks, bro.